world of real and virtual auto sport meets. Mad Sim Racing Media presents the Into the Apex podcast. And this is Into the Apex, a Mad Sim Racing podcast. Uh, welcome for another episode. Tyler Beeman, Bradley Beeman here. And uh, we just finished a race at North Wilkesboro in the Bladenode.com Pro Cup Series for the Cyber Thunder League. Uh, we run that on Thursday nights, of course. Uh, myself, not the 91, and Bradley in the 92 Ford Mustangs. And uh, interesting race at North Wilkesboro. It's an interesting race to, an uh, interesting track to go to run at in the Cup car. I think it was each of our first time there in the Cup car. We ran there in the super late models over the summer kind of our debut there but it's also our home track too yeah most everybody uh, on the inside of the team knows uh, that we grew up in in and around uh, wilkes county north wilkesboro wilkesboro and then up in the blue ridge mountains there um, so that would it's truly our home track even though we never really saw racing happen there um, the track was shut down for most of our entire lives um, but yeah it was a special track to go to very different and challenging track for the cup cars and the oval side, the only time I've been on that track, and I think the only time you've been on that track, was in the uh, Super Late Model Series with Cyber Thunder. Uh, so it was exciting to go back there. The racing was, as you would expect, for a track that size. Uh, we're all coming off of uh, Speedway and Super Speedway races on the schedule so far. Um, so really the first true short track challenge of this season. Um, and it was exactly as you expected, just kind of pandemonium. Um, which can't really be helped in tracks like that. Yeah, North Wilkesboro Speedway, I mean, uh, to you and I growing up around there, uh, driving by it uh, as kids and then up to current age on Highway 421, leaving Wilkesboro, going to Winston-Salem, Charlotte, uh, across the state or wherever. Uh, we're used to it being a ghost track, seeing the, the trees and the, the brush growing up around it. And uh, I know as we were living there, neither of us live there currently and haven't for several years, although we have family there and we visit a couple times a year and still see the track every time we do visit. It's uh, there were rumors as we were growing up, as we were in high school age or college age uh, living there, rumors that it would come back, that, that some kind of racing would come back there. Didn't it, I think it reopened for a short time and maybe there was yeah, one or, just... there were one or two events. Yeah, I think past or, or some sort of uh, sanctioned body uh, late model races actually came back uh, for like a short season, really. It was just a, a fall or summer season. Um, and there was actually fans and races there. You could find it on YouTube, actually. Uh, some clips from that racing, they cleaned the track up and uh, then it just went defunct again. And now I think the general consensus is it's probably not going to come back. It's in too much state of disrepair. Nobody's going to take responsibility and purchase it and bring it back up to standard. Um, although that would be amazing. Uh, but yeah. Dale Jr. cleaned it up and they got it scanned. So it's an eye racing at least. It's, uh, and that may be, I mean, for how much longer, if it's not going to be used, I mean, it's right off of a major highway where it's at. I mean, how long before it even exists? And, and at that point, what was done and with iRacing and the fact that it exists in iRacing, that may be the only life it has left uh, driving by it for all these years and for it to only very briefly have any kind of real racing back at it. I remember when the local news covered, I want to say Kevin Harvick or some other cup guys uh, did some testing on it when it was kind of cleaned up the one time and then nothing, we didn't hear anything about it until Dale Jr. and the iRacing crew went, went and cleaned it up and scanned it. 
Yeah, I don't remember the testing. Um, I mean, I obviously I don't think there's any way you would ever see sanctioned NASCAR races there. But as yeah. far as local track, late models, I mean, it's perfect, and that's a perfect location. There really isn't that I can think of a short track in that area. Hickory Speedway is the only one I could think of for that region. Even, um, I mean, there's not a lot of of motorsports going on in the area that NASCAR, at least, uh, started and was formed. So, I mean, there's a market there for it. I think the locals would, would love it. And you would draw people from the mountains. You draw them from the foothill region there. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think it would be beneficial. Just need somebody with some money to come in here and pick yeah. it up. I mean, Dale Jr., maybe. I'm, <laughs> that's maybe a long know. stretch. It's probably more of a long I think we. I think he a, did what he could for all of us by, by getting it cleaned up and getting it scanned and everything. But uh, and, yeah, and any, any so. excitement over it, I mean, you, there's a lot of excitement for it because it's in the virtual world at this point. Um, it's it's tricky depending on what car that you have racing at it. But even the race we just did in the Pro Cup Series, it's a lot of cars. Uh, it was several, like 32, 33 cars or, or thereabouts, uh, fast cars and a small track with elevation change and uh, some tricky curbing on the inside of the corners that you can hop and have some trouble. But uh when we went green and, and we're doing the racing, I thought it was, it was a lot of fun. I didn't see anything taken away from it. There were, there were plenty of, of wrecks and whatnot, but uh, nothing I wouldn't expect from a place like that or Martinsville when people are really uh, pushing it. Yeah. I think the main thing there that helps uh, even in cars, the size of these cup cars is the width of the track. Um, the corner is wide. The straights, short straights are wide, so you got enough room to do two-by-two racing and not really be right on top of somebody. And actually, I think we found, for the most part, at least maintaining the high side was actually the preferred line. At least that's what I've experienced. Um, because as, as you came in, you really had to come into the corner from the high side, from the wall of the track, and then make your apex in and come out. If you were on the low side, for some reason, it just scrubbed the speed right off of me. Um, so, I mean, at the end there, we were two by two, and obviously I got into an incident um, on the last lap or last couple of laps uh, that was kind of boneheaded. I mean, I should have been more on top of the braking ahead of me. Um, one of the cars in the top pack uh, slowed down a little bit. It looked like from what I could tell, they slid up and to avoid hitting the guy on top of them because they were two by two, uh, checked up a little bit. And I was on the brake and it just the, the speed drop. I actually checked the speed. And the drop of speed was so dramatic, I couldn't push the brake hard enough to get stopped. Got into the back of somebody. So talked to him after the race, at least through a message. Um, but certainly in Madison Racing, that was a, an odd finish. Only really the second or third incident we've been involved in where we were at fault. Uh, but I think our reputation in that league is a good, clean race, and hopefully we can keep it that way. Yeah, I was the eye on the sky there. I I actually uh, was running or looking towards the top 15 in this race and uh, had some front damage, and I didn't really think it was that bad, but I, my engine blew uh, right as we were taking the green in a green-white checkered. I was so close to finishing. So I watched that, and it was a little accordion uh, kind of effect, but if, if it had been on a highway and a police officer needed to write a ticket, yeah, the 92 would be getting that ticket because – you were the last one, and and you failed to reduce your speed uh, to put it in citation yeah. terms. There. Yeah, so. yeah. Usually the guy in the in a rear end collision is going to be in the yeah. back as a yeah. fault. So 
I mean, so, there's circumstances around every incident on the track. Um, I mean, nobody's going out there to dive bomb anybody uh, that I can tell. Um, certainly no, not on the last not two at laps all. when there's no position to, to be had. And and speaking of the the uh, dual lane racing at North Wilkesboro that you mentioned, uh, I was able to make some passes on the low line, but that's when I say it was really fun. That's I enjoyed that because you, you certainly aren't going to go by anybody quickly on the low line. Uh, the drivers on the high side are able to hang high and you're running side by side for multiple laps around that track. And it's, it's fun and exciting to uh, obviously if you slide up into them and, and, and that kind of thing and cause a wreck, that's not fun and exciting, but uh, to push it on the edge and uh, feel confident enough. I think the cars felt good enough and at least the cup Mustangs felt good enough to get down there and not push the limit. And I felt like I was in control and wasn't going to slide up. And that's part of why I wasn't making quick passes because I, I was not going to, to just throw it in there, caution to the wind and just let it slide up and not not wreck anybody or even nudge anybody. I didn't want to do that at all. Uh, so that was exciting to be side by side and then to make those passes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was good racing there for sure. Um, having started dead last and having, an opportunity to be in the top 10 at the very last green white checkered was, I mean, it's just about survival. Um, so, I mean, we, we made it through at the end of the night or end of the day. Um, and that's, what's important. Um, still cross, at least I crossed the line, kind of nursed it in there. Unfortunately with your engine blow, um, didn't finish, but that's how it goes. Move on next week to Rockingham, which is actually a track I've never raced on. Rockingham, I I raced the super late model series over the summer on Rockingham. That's where we're. And I haven't even looked at the schedule, so that's where we are in the next Pro Cup race. That's uh, that's an interesting track. I don't know how I'm going to do because uh, you and I were talking about it over the summer. All of us at Mad Sim Racing that did the super late model tour at Cyber Thunder, which is our primary league uh, for oval racing, uh, we just could not figure out the super late models. I mean, we're not the fastest cars on track generally anyway it's a highly competitive league but uh we usually can figure something out at least one or two of us and we we just could not uh, i was getting frustrated not that it was anything wrong with the series but i just could not figure out the tracks or the car or some combination of factors there yeah and admittedly we didn't have a ton of practice time and seat time in those cars um, and i love the idea of late model racing and short track local racing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I couldn't get that car figured out as much as it seemed like that car should be able to turn left. I felt the damnedest hard thing to turn it left. It just was so tight. And then maybe just the setups that we're in just didn't suit the style of driving. Um, but I just could not figure out how to get that car to turn. Yeah, it was, it's different. That And that's the kind of interesting thing with uh, iRacing and the different, all the different vehicles. Now, my memory is not that great and the feel for it, but uh, looking back to the NR2003 days, there were different mods, uh, trucks, there were late models. We we raced the late models. I can't remember, and I want to say that it's it's true to say that they all would have driven the same. They just looked different aesthetically in, in, in NR2003. Do you recall that? I could be wrong. Maybe there were some slight differences to the physics, but it, it didn't yeah, yeah, seem like the car, each car drove differently. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, with iRace or with NASCAR 2003 season, it was really just mods, like player made mods. So I, I don't remember exactly the handling of the car. Of course, the equipment we had, uh, wheel wise and all of that was different. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I think the cars were obviously easier to control. 
Um, I think the nuance with iRacing is more more present than with NASCAR Racing 2003, which I have. I have it loaded. On, I'm looking at it right now on my <laughs> desktop. I actually, give have it two a shot. Of it. Yeah, I have two copies of it. Um, I don't know if it'll work. I have it downloaded, and I can't remember if I tried it and it worked or not. I don't think it did. You have to have a key code or something, I think, don't you, on the yeah. on the uh, well, case? I, I should have them. I think I have. I have. So you have cases. the case too. I thought you just had the discs. No, I've got both cases oh, wow. and discs inside. That's, that's Pro- leg- worth legendary item. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's. Uh, I've I've watched YouTube videos of that back back when we did that. I mean, it's been been so many years now. I can't really remember. Obviously, the graphic. I mean, obviously, iRacing is better. I do know there are some uh, corners of of the sim racing world where people still uh, compete on there. Yeah, I haven't haven't really followed it, but yeah, I think it's still around. I mean, you can still access it. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't actually looked it up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's interesting. So, and I don't think they ever did a track like North Wilkesboro there either. So that's uh, exclusive to uh, iRacing, as far as I know. Uh, I know. So that that was some of our oval action. I know, as far as it, as our team and iRacing competition generally coming up this weekend. Obviously, we're uh, publishing this on Friday, uh, the thirtieth. And uh, we've got Nurburgring coming up on Saturday night over the weekend. I think it's the last of the Nurburgring uh, endurance series for at least this year, correct? Yeah, I think looking at the schedule, um, yeah, I think it's the last of the this year's season of the Nurburgring Endurance Championship. And you're you're hoping to run that. We're trying to we're getting teams together or, or uh, pairs together. It's a four hour event. I have, and it's kind of an, a joke running with our endurance team. Is I've I've still don't haven't bought uh, Nurburgring, uh, any format of it, uh, whether it's the Nordschleife or Grand Prix or otherwise. Uh, I've never run on it, and it's still kind of intimidating to me just the size of it. Oh yeah, it's definitely the most challenge I've ever had in sim racing. Um, I was clear about that when I first tried it, but also the ex- exhilaration I had, at least in VR. I think it's the same probably on a screen. But in VR, especially the racing experience driving the GT3 BMW, um, I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. I mean, you, you've got to get a lot of practice. It'll take you a long time to really remember and feel comfortable. And even still, you really won't. Um, I mean, it's, it's challenging. It is super challenging. The most difficult thing for me, I've, I've actually kind of got the course memorized somewhat. Um, and it comes back to you the more laps you turn. It's just a bumpy track. It's a lot of turns, a lot of cornering, a lot of working with the car. I mean, it's it's a workout. I mean, it's truly a physical track. So to do two hours, I yeah, mean, I was, I was just going to say you did a two-hour stint because you you did yeah. a, you were one of two drivers in a four-hour race. Yeah, I can see friend. after two hours feeling uh, more comfortable with it and feeling like you you can oh, get yeah. it down yeah, I mean, by it memory. It takes practice time. You're going to wreck and have to restart the lap, which thankfully for iRacing, they don't make you start from pits. There's checkpoints, I guess. Oh, really? Throughout. I so, didn't know. Yeah, see, so I didn't pop- know that because I don't have yeah. the track. Yeah, so they, it would take you so long to get back to your sector. They just pop you in certain checkpoints throughout. Huh. Thankfully. Um, of course, that's not the way if you tow. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's me and Patrick Stein did um, one of the last events, endurance events there. Uh, car was a little beat up, but we finished it up. I think well, we just barely got back on track by the end. I think I, it's hard to remember, but I think we made it. <laughs> hard to remember a couple months ago or a month ago. I know. Uh, I mean, we've been busy with these uh, weekend endurance races. I just did Le Mans uh, six hours last Saturday, and and it doesn't feel like it was a week ago that we just did that. I mean, it's a, a great thing, and it's fun with a large endurance team to do. Uh, I was going to ask, uh, what what about VR made Nurburgring? Uh, so great or or unique 
a lot of uh, a lot of elevation changes there, and just the the really the environment there. I mean, it's it's through the German woods, through the forest. <laughs> I mean, it's just I've seen the screenshots track. of the castle and and things like that. Yeah, which yeah. I, I didn't actually notice that. It's just yeah, I don't know. It's incredible to just drive through the German forest and countryside, and there's a certain part coming on the like a last little straightaway where you're kind of on elevation. In the best way, I think probably only you would appreciate this, but it felt like coming down I-77 down the Blue Ridge Mountains. Where oh, you really? Look out, you look out to your left and you see kind of the foothills and you're up on an elevation. There's a point there where you're up on an elevation and you can kind of see over the crest of this hill or mountain. Um, and there's some scenery in the distance, and especially at a sunset or sunrise, which you know we here at MSR like. Right. Um, it's just yeah. it's awesome. I mean, it's a cool cool track to be at. We do love our beautiful sunrise sunset <laughs> modes in our our races, our sports car races. We enjoy the sunset. We park, uh, all of us park together, all of our BMWs and Corvettes and LMPs, and side by side, just take watch the sun go down at over the hill of Lamar, and I yeah, guess over the mountainside so, of uh, Nurburgring at this point. Hey, yeah, we, so, so what you're saying is some... you're saying it's like a hill climb. <laughs> Probably better you cut me off there. Yeah, it sounds like a hill climb, which uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it we used like to watch. Uh, yeah. Speaking of growing up in uh, the mountains, North Wilkesboro, Wilkesboro, and that area, uh, we used to go at least once or twice. They would have a yearly SCCA hill climb, which was just a time trial, it wasn't a, a rate car versus car race, but all these different types of vehicles, open wheel uh, cars that I've never seen the likes of before. Uh, some normal Trans Am looking cars, just a whole ton of variety of cars would compete uh, in time trials up a, it was basically just a back country road, really just not even the nice paved road, really a kind of a mix of gravel and pavement and uh, not very wide either. Kind of, kind of a dangerous situation ultimately. And we as fans or as kids, we would sit up on, on a hill with uh, caution, do not cross line tape on it. Like that would protect us if the cars jumped the hill but uh something like that just kind of uh, running up the countryside on thin roads because i've seen screenshots of nurburgring and video and that's my only experience with it which is t terrible as somebody that's on an endurance team that is yeah. going to change i, think, I will I eventually do it i'll eventually do nurburgring do it saturday night or at least get it and maybe see how you feel on it i mean if you're gonna get it might as well get it now <laughs> it's payday yeah it's uh seems like a fitting halloween uh, special event. I don't know why. Maybe the yeah, castle. I, so. I don't know the German. Uh, it's aspect. just it's just a fun time. Um, I mean, it's 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 more raceable than I thought. I thought it would just be constant turning. Um, there's a lot of sectors there where there's small bends that you can just go full on full throttle. Was it especially in the GT3? When you did your two hours, was it day, night, sunset? Oh, it's daytime. I I mean, nighttime for the 24. I can only imagine. Um, it's not actually set up for nights. So it's pure. It would be pure dark, which I just like in real life. I'm sure. Well, um, as so, we, I, mean, I, I asked that as we sit here, you may have just seen it too on our team communications, uh, text communications, our, our endurance director, Bruce Perry, just shared with everybody on the endurance team that we've got a uh, thick fog for Nürburgring this weekend. He'll be running. Tomorrow. Oh boy. I need to. I need <laughs> so to that's going to be different in VR. Do you, have you raced in fog on a road course in VR? No. Um, the because, extent of the fog I've seen is when I was with, uh, one of our endurance drivers, I think Jimmy Thomas was in the car for 24 Spa. Yeah, he, he was, was our he was there at sunset out of Australia. We got, yeah, we got a little bit of of fog in the morning in Belgium, and that's about it. And you were driving? No, he was driving. Okay, I was watching. So, so this yeah. this will be new if you drive Saturday night at Nurburgring and it's foggy. 
Well, I might that, get some practice time in tonight. Yeah, it sounds it like, like you need to, based on that. Uh, because in VR, uh, you use VR. I don't. And uh, I've tried your VR because I've uh, visited. And you have the Oculus Rift, and you have an early version of Oculus. Let, let me know what you have. Yeah, I think it's technically referred to as like the CV or CVS-1 or something like that. It's the first one that was on sale to the public. It's not a test version or anything. It's the the first generation or first one that was available. And I don't like it, And although... As I as I talk about not liking VR, I have to we have to describe what yours is because it's not brand new. There probably are nicer ones that I would have more an easier time with and maybe like it a little more. But when I tried yours, I tried yours last uh, when I visited you at the end of August of this year. I got into an official IndyCar race at Indianapolis, and I ended up causing a wreck and not finishing the race. And I'm typically pretty decent in the IndyCar at that track uh, and pretty competitive. And I was definitely not competitive and i ended up causing a wreck and i feel now this could be me trying to defer a bad particularly bad race on on the technology but i feel like i wasn't competitive and i caused the wreck because of the vr headset because i couldn't see right i felt like i was uh, driving in my personal car without uh, prescription uh, glasses and just not seeing clearly and i couldn't hit marks or react correctly i mean it's the way i describe it at least in experiencing your oculus is uh, it's cool to to put on and sit in the car on pit road and look around and take it in the the dimensions and but once I start racing and actually try to be competitive, I just can't can't get dialed in on that. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly I think talking with Rob and some of the other guys that run VR, um, I think there's definitely better ones on the market now. Um, it's been a few years since I had mine, and I'm, I'm honestly just trying to get the most life out of it, and I'm really want to wait for the most dramatic increase in quality. Um, so, I mean, it'll probably be another couple of years at least before I upgrade unless it just breaks, um, in which case I'll go out and buy one immediately um, because I'm, I mean, I'm used to it. I, I thought the same thing when you started, when I started with it, um, I jumped in the first few official races and I racing with it, which was mostly uh, over races at the time. This was like back in 2017 when I got it and uh or 2018 i think it's 2017 it's been a few years it, it's not new you've had it for a while yeah so uh anyway so i would i would run it and really was terrified racing a vr like i couldn't see anything couldn't control or didn't really know keystrokes or anything so i was still trying to work the controls on the on the wheel and everything without being able to see them um but i mean after a while of using it you just get so used to the immersion of it where you can turn look your head or look turn your head and look and see cars beside of you. Um, actually, literally, I'm st sitting in the seat of a race car. I'm staring ahead. I see a car in front of me, and I don't have to turn my head. I just glance my eyes and look in the mirror. When I move my head, the what you see in the mirror, your field of view in the mirror changes based on just like you would in a real mirror. If you turn your head, your angle in that mirror changes. It's the same in VR, and that's minor things like that just got me. And then I tried to race on a single screen after racing several races in VR, and I just couldn't do it. I mean, it's just, it totally feels like playing an Xbox. Yeah, things like that are cool. Things like that are interesting. But it's more for me, cool. if I, cool. I that yeah, would be but... great if I could see what's my marks are. When yeah. I, for, Honestly, I think it improved it for me. I mean, I, 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 I just it. can't. I don't know how after trying, trying yours multiple but times. I think, I, I, I'm always yeah. amazed. I'm amazed that you could race and not constantly cause wrecks at North Wilkesboro in the Pro Cup series. I'm amazed when we ran run road courses 
and you can actually hit your marks and not run off track every time you come into See, a bus that's, stop. Because that's, yeah. that's what I feel like I would be doing with that visibility. And I think anybody in our team and elsewhere that runs VR is probably laughing right now. Oh yeah, I'm just, absolutely. I mean, we're yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it's it's becoming way more popular when you're in leagues and in our team. I mean, more and more people are going to VR, and everybody that I've ever heard talk about VR say what you say, which is, I can't go back to monitor. Yeah, I mean, it's it does the entire opposite of what you're saying that you couldn't get. And I think, in all honesty, you didn't put enough time in. You have to have a ton of well, time invested yeah, to get I'll used to I'll give you it. that. I'll give you but, that. Yeah, but I mean, it, it improves, to me, my understanding of the cars around me. So I'm not just looking, especially in that virtual mirror. I, I despise that virtual mirror in iRacing that's at the top. I used to use it all the time. And it now, I just to me, it breaks immersion. I want the real mirrors in all the cars. I want the real view of the drivers. And I can better utilize that in VR than in a single screen. But, um, yeah, I mean, I to be able to turn your head and look and see the car beside you, and I know in real life racing you can't do that, but let's let's table that for the moment. <laughs> right. So yeah. so yeah, being able to, if I'm yeah. racing side by side down the straight at Spa, coming in the corner, I can turn literally turn my head for a split second down the straight, straight turn, straight turn, and see if I've cleared that car, see if he's got to run on me, and don't need anybody to tell me. And I can do the same thing at a short track. Um, and you just to me, I get a better understanding positionally of where I am. It, well, back when another problem I had with Oculus, which uh, well, back when you first got it, at least, and I was messing with it as well uh, when I was around, was I would get motion sick with it pretty quickly, almost 15 minutes into driving on iRacing. Yeah, me too. I, but I didn't catch that. I didn't get that feeling uh, back in August when I kind of tried it again after maybe two years of not trying it. Didn't feel that in the Indy car. I also I drove the uh, BMW GT4. Didn't get that feeling then, so maybe I just moved on from that for some reason or whatever the case is. Yeah, I mean, it's going to get you. The, the, that was the one thing that turned me off of, initially was I yeah. legitimately felt seasick as I was using that thing, and I, oh, I, could, yeah. I couldn't enjoy it more than 15 minutes. There's just no way. Yeah, I did too, and it would make me kind of, I don't know, it would get your inner ear um, and yeah. throw you off a little, but that's I haven't had that for several years. Yeah. Um, so it goes away. Your, your I would hope not. Our endurance races would be pretty miserable for you. Oh, two yeah. two no, hour no, stints, like you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's not too bad. Um, the only time I get a bad experience is if I'm racing at an incredibly round short track. So if I'm constantly like, if I say a track like South Boston or something like that. Constant um, that's, circle, that's real, just a yeah, constant that, circle. That makes me, it makes you a little nauseous just because, of, <laughs> and it's really just because of the scenery blowing by constantly changing. Just, yeah, you're never um, on a straightaway, you're just yeah. in a circle. Uh, and then another complaint that I hear commonly is that it's a little uncomfortable on your face. There's a lot of uh, more weight on the front than the back, that it's a little awkward to wear for especially endurance stints, which run about two hours. Yeah, I mean, the, especially the, this one, the first one, uh, padding is almost non-existent. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not really comfortable. Um, and mine's worn down a little bit. Um, there are, I think Rob had mentioned to there are third-party products you can buy, which I haven't really looked into. Um, and I think the newer headsets are a little more comfortable. I think they have more padding, uh, better control, better, I guess, uh, fitted for your head. But, uh, with this one, I chalk it up as maybe it's part of the immersion. I'm just racing a helmet. I mean, well, I was, I was thinking, I was speculating, why don't we patent and design a, uh, iRacing sim racing VR exclusive technology where it's an actual racing helmet with the VR headset where the. Instead of a behind the visor, 
is a VR headset, whatever you look into, and that's it. It's a full racing helmet. You design it and uh, put stickers yeah. on it, whatever, and uh, market that to sim racers. Yeah. So you can, you can, and you can get your little boots and, and everything else and <laughs> sit on your rig and just, just live the dream. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a lot to uh, put on. <laughs> um, I mean, I just tell myself really that the field of view you have with the VR, I mean, when you put it on, you have the two lenses. So there's a little cutoff and a little black. I mean, it's not like looking at a flat monitor where you get yeah. the whole screen, but I mean, the, the field of view you might get is just like if you're racing a helmet and have the little cutout. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I tell myself. And he, that I mean, you're looking out of visor, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then the fact that at the end of two hours, yeah, it hurts, but you tell yourself, look at look at videos and pictures of of racers coming out of race cars, all sweated, all sweating, and take all that stuff off and just discombobulated. <laughs> so I take that that VR headset off. I'm like, oh man, I've just done something. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm physically. In you, do you have a, do you have a fire suit on the way and? Oh yeah, and some boots. I, if I were you, I would get the boots. I I also tried your new pedals. You've actually built a rig since I was there. When I visited you at the end of August, uh, you only had the uh, what the Fanatec Club Sports. Yeah, be threes. Uh, I will say I'm I'm low tech here, and every you can laugh at me, everyone listening. I'm I've got a single monitor, which is what I've always had. It, granted, it's it's like a small TV. It's not a small monitor, and it's just fine for me. Uh, I've got the G29 uh, wheel, which Bradley has that as the wheel. He's replaced his pedals. And I've got the pedals that just come with the G29. When I got back in, back into things in February, I was using a, a old Momo. So I've, I have upgraded myself. Bradley's upgrading even further. Uh, he's put his rig together. And, uh, but anyway, when I tried your pedals, my feet were hurt. My feet were kind of sore hurting. Like it was more work on my calves i don't know uh to do yeah, the bra- the to do the brake and to do the the throttle the throttle was more work than at least the g29s at least to my sensation yeah. to where i felt like i know some people like to just wear socks or be barefoot i'm barefoot when i use what i have now but i i feel like i would need to order something a little more stiff like some kind of sh- racing shoe to use those pedals yeah i mean the resistance on the brake is yeah. I mean, ridiculously more. I mean, it's a yeah. more, there's more travel. I mean, I'm sitting here actually at my desk as we record this and I've got my old G29 pedals under the desk where I used to oh, have yeah. them. So I'm pushing on them and the trap, honestly, before I had the V3s, I, I would hit these G29 pedals and they felt, they felt sturdy. They felt strong. I mean, they felt like a solid product. Now that I've used the club, club sport V3s from Fanatec, these feel like plastic cheap toys. <laughs> I, w- I mean, the serious. throttle felt really nice. What I, d- I like the throttle. It was, it, I mean, obviously you're, you're paying a lot more for those. Oh yeah. You're I getting, mean, you're paying, a, sol- you're getting a solid product. Yeah. Close to $400. Um, yeah. Thanks for flexing there. Yeah, I know. But so, uh, I mean, the, the pedal travels a lot more on all the pedals, um, which for brake is maybe not always what you want. I haven't done any upgrades or add-ons um, like the brake performance kit. I hear it's recommended and a must. Uh, but my technical skills aren't there, and I, I don't really know what kind of brake feel I would want. Um, I don't know really enough about what I would prefer. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying what I have now uh, at the stock setting. Um, so maybe in the future I'll work on it some more and tinker with it. Uh, but, yeah, the pedals, a world difference. I, I hear from what I've read that uh, the, the Club Sport V2.5 wheelbase, and then I'm looking at the BMW GT2 replica rim, uh, for that, maybe by Christmas, uh, certainly trying to upgrade the whole, the whole rig and everything. So I think the, 
fidelity and what you get as far as feedback is a world above the G29. Um, so, I mean, it's, it depends on what you're looking at. I think, honestly, once you get a taste of the Fanatec stuff or higher quality gear, um, you're going to you're gonna go for it if you can afford it. And that's the key word. I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, I look at pictures uh, and, and drive myself nuts over some of the Fanatec stuff, but it's a question of do you want to – uh, empty a chunk of your savings account to get there. I mean, some people obviously can can do it, and others can't as easily. But uh, you kind of, uh, or they do what you're doing, which is you're kind of slow walking your way there, uh, piece by piece, which is I think what most of the common common person has to do. And a lot of our team guys are doing that now. We'll kind of get get people on as we can to maybe let talk with us about their builds. I know our endurance director Bruce Perry is uh, really putting some time and effort into giving himself a new build. I think he was on a two-hour consult consultation call with uh, one of the well-known YouTubers uh, that puts the uh, markets rigged yeah, and reviews them. Sim Racer Garage. Uh, yeah. Barry, Barry Roland, I believe. Yeah. Um, I've watched a lot of his stuff. Um, I've watched all his reviews on products that I've purchased. Um, yeah, He's one of the top ones I would recommend. He does an incredibly good deep dive, um, takes things apart, shows what's good and what's bad, and then he tests them. Um, one of the probably the most thorough reviewers in sim racing products out there. Yeah, and he does consulting work. So maybe once uh, we get Bruce on once in, for a sec give, and and run through his experience once he gets it complete, and maybe we can put get some pictures on the show notes on the the, the uh, podcast page and uh, let people listening who may be like me uh, and they're at kind of that uh, initial stage where you've got that uh, Logitech and uh, kind of sitting in a desk chair with a single monitor and uh, I've got a neck pillow for a Hans device and that's as complex <laughs> as it gets for me. And, uh, but I'm still, I'm competitive uh, some of the time. So I'm, I'm more like a Timmy Hill. Timmy Hill gave us all hope over the uh, pro invitational time back in April when in that race at Texas, I've got about, I've, I think we, I actually have the wheel uh, next generation above Timmy Hill. So if he can do it, all of us can do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're all similar. And I would love to know the difference in this new Logitech wheel that looks exactly like <laughs> the G G920 or G20 or G29. I mean, yeah, it's felt like a money grab to me. I, they didn't change their product in the least visibly. Um, and, I mean, internally they say there's one or two new things. Um, I Honestly, I'm going to just stay away. From, I'm going to stay away from it. I'd love uh, to go to a sim racing expo uh, one of these days and just kind of test all of the different types of product. I think I've... Uh, obviously, back in the very first wheel we ever got in our 2003 was the yellow Logitech uh, spring resistance, which was just obviously zero force feedback. The only resistance were a spring on each side. As you turn the wheel, the, the spring stretched and felt like just the same amount of resistance no matter what. Uh, then we jumped into the Momo, which has obviously the gear, and you turned a wheel, and it sounds like did, a did gear. Did we have one before the Momo? I don't yeah, remember yeah. The one we had. Yeah, we what had a it? yellow. It was a Logitech. It was black with yellow uh, kind of rubber handle Good. grips. I, I don't remember that one and at all. We opened it up because we were having issues at one point calibrating it. It was all jumping all over the place, so we opened it up, and we are looking at the springs and trying to get it fixed. It was Obviously, it was junk. It didn't last long, and we upgraded to the Momo, which was the cream of the crop then. And uh, we've still got still got Momos, and they still work. They still work. I kind of want to know which one it was. Now I don't remember it. I remember it. Yeah, I remember it clearly. I remember this how the springs were and everything. Um, that was when I think, and we mentioned this in our first episode, our intro. That was when I think I was using that, and you were using your flight simulator joystick on another PC. 
and I don't know how the hell we we make that work, but we made it work in league racing. Did it have a red or blue on its grip? I found some of those. Red or blue on the on the the, the wheel? wheel rim. Yeah, I think I no, might have found no, it was yellow. It was black and yellow. I guess I remember it oh, very yeah, clearly. I found, it. I found it. You found it. It's a 1998 wheel. Oh Jesus! Either way, well, it was, I, I still don't remember it, but I take your word for it. Yeah, at, at, that was when we were just starting, and that we were so thrilled to get a wheel because we only had a joystick. And then we found out about the wonderful world of force feedback, and and uh, but I've never driven a oh, wheel yeah, that's not uh, gear feedback. Obviously, the G twenty nine is, and it still it, has that yeah that geary feeling. It was the Logitech Formula GP Wingman Racing. That was it, the Wingman. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I think I vaguely remember. Yeah, here it is, yellow and black. It's got yep. two cheap plastic pedals. Gas that's it. And brake. Yep. Logitech Wingman. Still more high tech than your joystick when you were using the. Uh, plane engine throttle slider at the center of the joystick for for your uh, gas, <laughs> and you were using the, I guess it would be the if it, you were flying a jet fighter and trying to fire the yeah. missile missiles the uh, the trigger you're using that for it a brake right. You want to know something sad about that? Uh huh. I've won more races with that than I have in iRacing. Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's terrible. Oh, you won oh. a Darlington. Yeah, I run a Darlington. I run a Las Vegas with a flight a simulator with a flight simulator joystick. Well, actually, I think I used a Momo to win at Charlotte. I did an All Star victory. That was an yeah, yeah. You used yeah. You, we had two Momos there, but I'm you? pretty sure I won Darlington and Las Vegas with that joystick in the Pigs Bacon Club so, or Bacon Series. So you're going to be running the Pro Cup Series with the joystick, right? They're gonna they're not yeah. they're gonna be completely fine with that. You think? Uh, if you don't tell them, you can. But, you can, yeah, you can get this starting at Rockingham. You'll be using the joystick <laughs> flight simulator. Yeah, no, I need to get need to get Rockingham first. So yeah, the Logitech <laughs> Wingman. It's actually available for forty eight dollars if you want to go back in time. Oh geez, this doesn't even sound like. I don't even think it was worth that at no. the time. I mean, it's just a relic at this point. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from all this is you need to buy the latest Oculus or the latest headset, VR headset, and then I'll try that, and then I'll consider it maybe as long term. Uh, but if if you haven't picked up yet, basically Bradley gets uh, all the hottest technology out there as far as rigs, pedals, VR. I go try it, and if I don't like it, I don't get it myself. So kind of works out for me yeah. that way. I mean, I, I get the uh, itch to get some of the stuff. And, I mean, as much time as you spend on a hobby like this, I mean, I look at it like golf. I mean, Oh, spend, yeah, especially as we go into the cold months. That's, like that's, that, what the, yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean it's it's all about enjoying the experience and setting it up to where it's the most to me realistic as possible. I mean that's the goal, right? Um, so I mean there's a long way to go with it. I'm still working on mine, and we'll just we can do some ongoing talks about our individual setups. Uh, like you said, get Bruce on here. I actually yeah. had the Rob crazy idea Rob of upgraded. Inviting, uh, just about everybody on our team is doing something. Everybody's oh, yeah. motivated, which is great. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the last one behind everybody. As well, you, far as that. you had to start from scratch, basically. I did, yeah. That's true. So, I mean, you had nothing there. You could, The money you spent on a computer, you could have spent on, yeah. on a quality rig. Yeah, I, I had to zero. completely. I mean, I, I literally, getting back into it in February, uh, after uh, sharing an account years past with Bradley and putting a little bit of my funds to <laughs> no, buy content. No, we didn't do that. Yeah, we, that didn't happen. No, we uh, didn't high racing. We didn't nope, do that. No, no. All those, um, all those victories are mine. Yeah, they are, including the one at Road America and the Pro Mazda. That was Especially all, that that was all Bradley. America. That wasn't was entirely me. me. Wasn't me at all. And uh-uh. uh, I also did not help pay for any content that Bradley has, which means he might owe yeah, me none whatsoever. Bit. And then I get, I, have that, to, I get that nice discount. 
Yeah, apparently so. So I, I don't even remember where I was going with that. I had a point to make, but I've completely lost it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say I had to buy not only the equipment, the monitor, the computer, the, content, the right. wheel, uh, the content. I had to buy a desk, a chair. I had nothing. I didn't have any of that. So I well, was, I I was well behind fairness, the times. In all transparency and fairness, I spent 80 of my own dollars to ship you the Momo because you didn't want to buy the wheel. And then, of course, you got this Momo that's over 10 years old, probably more like 20 years old. And say, oh, I just want to get a G29. Hey, I got into it. Yeah, exactly. I, knew that <laughs> I got, I got back too. into it. And just like I, I wanted to step it up a little happen, bit. Yeah. Just like I told you you were going to do, the computer you bought was not yeah. quite up to par. <laughs> and I think you need and probably want a much better computer. Well, it's it's working for me now. I upgraded yeah. the RAM. But yeah, the the uh, the Momo got me through the Legends series, the Rookie series, the the Mazdas. And then I wanted to step it up a little bit. So I got the G29 and then... You had to go five up me and get the rig and the pedals and all that good stuff and make me uh, even more uh, wanting to get more upgrades when I haven't even gotten the most out of my current investment. So, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's, I think it's good a good point to kind of uh, wrap it up for this episode of Into the Apex. Uh, everybody, check out our site and check out the MSR Road Challenge series coming up on uh, November 9th. Uh, that'll be. Three multi-class divisions. Uh, we've got a really nice uh, entry list so far for that. Registration's still open and will remain open. And it's, it's looking good. We're really excited about it. We're going to have some uh, surprise prizes uh, for that, uh, for different races for the championship. Just uh, see what we can do with it. It's a 10-race schedule, and uh, we're really excited about it. We'll probably spend a chunk of next week's episode, uh, which will be the last episode before that season starts, doing a little preview of it and uh, talking about it. And we might uh, do a little segment on it each week uh, for the drivers of that series to kind of pay attention to and enjoy. Uh, but it's something to follow, even if you're not participating in it. Uh, you don't see a ton of uh, multi-class road racing series out there, um, especially, I think, I mean, it's pretty international with road racing and you see a lot of European and that kind of thing. Uh, so we have a lot of American drivers and it's a, a North American time zone kind of organized event uh so it's kind of unique and, and kind of interesting to have out there yeah definitely and it starts on uh in november but i mean if if you come in late to it um you can still join it i think we have some slots open and probably will um so yeah you need to start the first one to be in points but still it's a good place to develop develop and grow in endurance racing and multi-class racing um something that i don't really see a lot of of leagues out there at least it's not not exactly easy and clear to find uh, quality multi-class racing leagues. I know they're out there, um, but that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we got John Deakman involved uh, running the series, uh, so I think he's excellent. So far, been on top of things in the uh, pre-race uh, recruitment races. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a great series. We're excited for it. I think everybody involved is looking forward to starting. Yeah, and like you said, uh, you may not get in points if you don't race every race or start at the very beginning of the season. But for example, as a, as a driver, as an aspiring endurance driver or an endurance team that's trying to prepare, uh, the time, time uh, frames for each race are a little bit different. I mean, we're doing 45 minutes at the Roval on week two, which is going to be insane with three classes, uh, but it's going to be interesting. And that's why it's, it's shorter is, is because it's, we don't want two hours of insanity or an hour of insanity. Uh, then we have uh, two races that are two hours long at Le Mans and Daytona two of the big endurance race tracks uh, in racing, So it's a good chance for people to, to test themselves, for teams 
to come out and see where they stack up and uh, and kind of a proving ground for aspiring endurance drivers of any type of skill level. So we're really excited about that. Check it out. Uh, stay tuned on, on any of our updates on that and uh, check out the page on our website. Uh, so until next week, uh, this has been Into the Apex. We'll see you on the next one. You've been listening to Into the Apex. Apex. Presented by Mad Sim Racing. Follow and join the team at madsimracing.com.